0: Well, good morning once again, Hillside. Great to have you. Great to see that you've taken this opportunity to, uh, to meet with one another. Um, and I would encourage you to continue to do so uh, after the service. But uh, as you're well aware, um, today we have uh, the opportunity to focus on uh, bringing the healing, hope, and compassion Uh, beyond the Tri-Cities, and so uh, we're very excited to have a guest speaker on today. Um, I had the privilege of being your host uh, earlier in the morning. I also have the privilege of being part of our global outreach team, Uh, and just so you know, our team functions um, to help us as a congregation fulfill that task of of going beyond the Tri-Cities, whether it's through supporting our workers um, or uh, partner organizations, Um, or helping you uh, as a congregation um, get to know our workers and and be a part of what they're doing um, as we collectively uh, work for the kingdom uh, abroad. And so uh, if you would like to know more about our workers, um, have the opportunity to pray for them on a monthly basis, uh, or even just get involved and know more about uh, Global Outreach, we'd love for you to reach out to us either in person or through email at go at myhillside.ca. Many of you know that we have several workers that we support. Um, You may not be as familiar, but we do also have partner organizations that we work with, um, including Karis Camp, Journey Home, and Joy Fellowship. Uh, Karis Camp is our EMCC denomination camp, uh, and they're located in Chilliwack. They do some great work. They provide camps uh, and retreats. For people of all ages and backgrounds uh, as well as just being a bastion for the local community in times of crisis uh, journey home uh, you may recall hearing from brad kinney um, a couple months ago they do excellent work working with refugees and immigrants um, really just loving and caring for people in the middle of a very hard transition uh, while also giving them very practical support enjoy fellowship is a ministry that helps um, all able um, or all um, ability people to to really know and love and connect with one another and Jesus. And so we're super thrilled to have uh, a special guest speaker um, who is very familiar with um, and loves that community. Um, and so it's my absolute privilege to, to welcome um, David Hayward Jr. Um, David has been a part of uh, the Joy Fellowship community, uh, since its inception, really, uh, in 1974. Um, he would later become uh, an associate pastor with them uh, in 1994, stepping into a senior pastor role in 2007 uh, until his retirement uh, near the start of COVID. Uh, he remains a board member with uh, the Joy Fellowship uh, group there and uh, Joy Fellowship Living Society Um and so we're just so thrilled to have him here to come share. And so, would you please give a very warm welcome to David Taylor Jr.? Okay, there,
1: Doug. Good. Yeah, that speaker's Andy
2: see. good, come on, come on,
1: We've got to watch for chords, yeah. careful, good, well it's a thrill and a joy for us to be with you today and uh, right. Carol Hanson and Ron have been longtime friends uh, and supporters of our ministry. And you folks have been longtime supporters too, um, financially and and sometimes at some of our activities, special activities. And so it's our privilege to come and just give you a little picture about what it is that you've been supporting all these years. Uh, and so I've got a, a small group of our fellowship here with me, Jim Taylor and Doug Harrison. And Tracy Mons, Tracy, I'm I'm so proud of you, honey. That I've got to get it, my own name on my shirt too. <laughs> it, that makes it so much easier. You're gonna remember her name if you remember if you forget the rest of us. <laughs> and Anna and Nick, all all, all very faithful, <clears throat> <laughs> long time members of our of our fellowship. And um, maybe I'll just see this. Jim, anything special you'd like to baptized, tell the folks today?
2: Baptized. By you.
1: baptized you were baptized. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! How many of you have been baptized? Oh, everybody. Douglas, what would you like to tell tell the folks?
2: <coughs> well, next Sunday we're having our spring fair. Saturday, uh, so yeah. Ne- next Saturday mm. we're having our spring fair at
1: Archer. T- fundraising spring fair, yeah. yeah. You'd, li- you'd like people to come and join us, Tracy? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Oh,
2: well, this is Phase One,
1: and I'm in the Sign Language Choir, and I got back to Times at Camp Scormish. Sign Language Choir, and what, Tracy or Anna, why are you wearing black and white?
2: Because I uh, do a sign language.
1: Our Sign Language Choir is a group of our ladies that that come and and oh. perform the, the the music that we sing in sign language. We don't actually have any people who are really hearing impaired, but. One of my predecessor had the idea that this would be a, something that would be kind of unusual, unique. And so black and white is the yeah. usual costume uh, that our ladies wear. And Nicholas?
2: I am also one of the board and the Joy Council as well. And also a lover of the worship team as well, too.
1: N- Nicholas and his mother play the clarinet in our, in our worship team, and Eunice would have been here, except she was afraid that we might not get back to Vancouver in time for the service mm-hmm. that she'll be uh, part of the, the team for. Oh, um,
2: okay. I was going to say, part of Joy Fellowship, and one of the ushers.
1: That's true, Doug. Doug. Doug is one of our ushers for many years.
2: I, I, do, I do the offering.
1: You help with the offering and serve yes. the communion? Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah? That, that's
1: what I do too. Nice. So this is a, just a, a small sample of our family, and I've put together some slides that Kevin, I think, has, has arranged to have uh, shown for you. So let's just begin with a, a word of prayer. May the Lord words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, our strength and redeemer. 49 years ago, my mother and father... Um, who had been missionaries in India when I was a boy. All of my childhood was, was spent there. Uh, they came back to Canada to let me get into university in 1968, and then the Indian government wouldn't let them return. And this had been uh, a huge blow. This, this ministry that they had had there was a great joy for them. They were working with a, an Aboriginal group, a tribal group. And in, in the Indian sort of culture, the tribal people are not even part of the caste system. They're below the untouchable kind of level. They're, they're despised and rejected uh, in, in a way that's hard for us to imagine. And so this people group had, had never had any education. There were no schools in their, in their villages. They, were, they had been totally ne- neglected by the state. Uh, and missionaries began coming in there. And the first believers uh, came to know the Lord in the 40s probably. We came in the in the late 50s, and my father helped with translation and, and, and he loved this people group. They were, you know, a marginalized group of people, and they wanted to spend their life there, but the, the the rules changed and they weren't allowed to return. So dad sort of wondered for a while what it might be that God would want him to do after after that door had closed. And then this family. Fred and Ethel Hilderman and their son, Gordy, Gordy. Uh, worshipped in the same church as my family. And Fred came to my father and said, have you ever thought about working with people with special needs? His son, Gordy, had been going to church since they were, he was a, a little guy. Yeah. But when he became a young man, he didn't want to go anymore. He didn't feel welcome. He was different. He made noises in the, in the service. He looked different, people, people avoided him, and he, he knew that. He knew that he wasn't welcome. <sighs> a terrible thing, a terrible thing that the church would leave a man feeling that way. And he's not the only one, of course. And Dad realized that here's another people group that, that is not often welcome in, in a typical church. Uh, there are people out there who, who, who don't know the Lord, and, and one reason is because they don't feel that they're wanted. And so Dad began this little, little group, Sunday school group, a ministry, uh, and we met in the basement, in a basement room, sitting on the floor. It was just a you know eight or ten people, and the word began to get out. Some young people from un- university who were going to the, the church next door were interested and began to come and help. Uh, and... Next one, please. This story, I think, is quite, quite powerful. There are so many scriptures that, that have new meaning when you think about them in terms of this community of people, special needs. The, ba- the great banquet story, you know that one. The, 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 there was going to be a wedding banquet or some kind of a banquet, and the invitations had been sent out. All the people that, that the host was, was hoping would attend had excuses. Hmm. They weren't interested. And so the host began to, to worry, what, what am I going to do? And so he sent his servants out to go and find out who they could find, the blind and the lame and the, and the beggars and the people who, who, were, who, who were marginalized. And those people, they were glad to get an invitation. Right. And they were glad to come. And so the banquet was filled. And we see this, here's the, there's that, that banqueting table. And we know there's a banqueting table waiting in heaven. One day, we're going to be seated there with people of all nations and languages, but we want to make as many people as possible aware that that invitation is for them. And so this this began the the work. Keep going there, please. If This is intended to be a picture of the church. Who is the host? Who's who's putting this feast on? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, yes. And who are the servants that he sends out to invite guests? That's us, yes. And who are the disabled or the marginalized people that that show up? That's the challenge for us as a church. There are people out there in this neighborhood, in every neighborhood, in every part of the world who need to be invited need to be told that, that they're welcome, that Jesus loves them. They're precious in his sight, beautifully and wonderfully made, fearfully and wonderfully made. So they need someone to tell them, and that's the job that God's given you and me. It's not just ta- people we're talking about who, are, who have special needs. There are all kinds of groups of people out there who are, who are missing from most of our churches. And so this is, our, this is our task. Now, let me ch- just show you a few uh, things. Here's the beginning. There we are. That's my father seated. And, and here's the thing, yes. So many people with special needs are, have been felt excluded because typical church uh, is largely focused up here. It's about coming and learning and listening and, and learning how to answer the questions, the important Bible questions. And, f- and, and friends in, in our Joy Fellowship, they may, may not be very good at that. And so church doesn't seem like it's a, it's a place that's, that's meant for them perhaps. Well, we can do something about that. One thing we can do is make the story simple. We can use lots of music. We can invite lots of Communal prayer, because prayer, my goodness, if you, if you get into one of our <laughs> meetings, Carol will tell you, the prayers that rise up are, are awesome. And, and some of the best people, the best prayers that you'll ever hear are going to be from the, the, the friends that, that I love and, and know in, in our Joy Fellowship. We're going to have Nicholas later on. Nicholas is, 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 a, is a prayer warrior. Every day yeah. he spends at least an hour in his devotions writing in his prayer journal. Of prayers that have been answered and prayers that have not yet been answered, mm-hmm. Nicholas is is a is a student of the Bible like none of us. I think mm. he's a he's a hero for me. Mm. But there there's there's God's given gifts, different gifts to each of us, right? Each of us have different gifts, and so we just find those gifts and try to to cultivate them. Oh, there's there's a picture. Just go back there. <laughs> you might know one of the people in that picture. I think mm-hmm. Emmanuel Shamatutu was a university student in those days. <laughs> and he became one of our youthful, youthful helpers. So I'm, I'm hoping maybe he'll be here in the next service. <laughs> but you, like that, a lot of young people have, been, have had their lives changed as they became involved in this kind of thing. Uh, because it opens their eyes to, to, to the beauty of, of people that we might not have, have had much, paid much attention to before. So the church grew. And so that basement room became um, unsuitable. And, and in fact, it was condemned. The, the, the fire department said you can't meet there anymore. So uh, there was only one little ramp to get out. And you know the, the group was too big. So we moved to a Seventh-day Adventist church. They don't use the church on Sundays. That turned out to be a good spot for us for about 25 years. There we are. Next, next one, we, we depend on handy darts quite a bit, of course. There's Doug, yeah. And our worship is, is very joyful. That's why, we, why we're called Joy Fellowship. You, you'll see a spirit of joy and love unlike many congregations, I think. That little church began to get filled. And after 25 years, they they began to feel that it was time for us to move because we were a little bit hard on on the facilities, (laughs) the books, the song books. We'd have to take them out of the pews before the service because otherwise people would be looking through them and they'd start to fall apart. We had to order about 60 hymn books from from Taiwan because the church hymn books were falling apart. This was a, a Chinese church. So then we move back to Trinity Baptist where we currently are. And there's our sign language ladies in the in the front of the front of the pew. Keep going, please. Nicholas, can you read this for us, please?
2: The human body has many parts. All the many parts made up one whole body? So it is with the body of Christ we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it.
1: One more, Nick. Good.
2: The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And that parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor, but God has combined. The members of the body has given greater honor to the parts that lack it so that there should be no divisions in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen.
2: So you see, some of these texts in the
1: Scripture have new meaning when you think about the people that I'm talking about. Indispensable. That's an important word. What if the indispensable parts are missing? Mm-hmm. Yow, that's a serious thing. God has combined. We are weak, but He is strong. This is a theme. Jesus loves me is one of our favorite songs. We sing yeah. that all my, all the time. We are weak, but He is strong. I didn't bring these little critters, so let's carry on for that. Anna, here's here's Paul again with a very similar kind of uh, thought. But something different there.
2: Just as uh, our body has been uh,
1: many parts, many parts of
2: uh, each uh, has special connection as Christ's body, where many parts of each of the different work to do, 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 to do and since we are one boy in Jesus Christ, we have
0: each other, each need all the others.
1: We, each of us needs all the other, and each of us has different work to do. Different gifts, different work. And so, one of the things my dad began to try to do was to see you know, this, look for this gifting, and try to provide places where people can serve. Uh, disciples grow as we as we serve one another. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve, and that's an example for the church. And so we know that. But for, for my friends, most of the most of their lives, other people have been looking after them. And so there's there, there's a, an opportunity for us to find ways that where they can be looking after and helping and serving others and one of the things that well okay there's, there's and here's another lovely thing uh, in, for the first couple of years we didn't have Bible studies because most of our guys don't read but one of our friends said no that's not right you should, you should, you should study the Bible together and sure enough we discovered that even our non-readers perhaps especially our non-readers loved their Bible so much this was their best book and Sally, when she comes to read, she trembles. She's just so she has so much joy when she's been invited to come and, and read the scriptures. And so, you know, it, it these gifts can be surprising. Uh, and and we began going to to hospitals, um, George Pearson Center, this and and to Woodlands when Woodlands was still going. My father would take teams out there twice a week to visit different wards. And we would just stand beside somebody's bed and hold their hand. We'd sing and sing. Somebody would read the scripture. We'd pray. And each week, this team would come. These are folks that didn't get many visitors. In those days, Woodlands was a kind of a, you know, not shunned exactly, but it was a scary place. And and most of us wouldn't feel comfortable going in there. But our guys were, were faithful every week. They would get these certificates from Woodlands for their volunteer work. I mean, it, it was it was beautiful. And then, when Woodlands closed, and most of those people were moved out into the community, hallelujah! For most of them, that was a that was a, a miracle. They 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 began living lives that were far more uh, interesting and 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 uh, varied. We would continue to visit them in their group homes. And Akio lived in a home just up here on Schoolhouse. We would co- come and see his his group home every every month, every six weeks or so. Right in in this neighborhood, there are group homes, right? Oh, so. Bible study. There's a Bible study. I don't think anyone in that group, probably except Ruthie, who's got her hand around my mom, and maybe Kenny right behind her, they were yeah, almost all non-readers. But this Bible study, man, that's the important time. They don't want to miss it. And initially, the staff in the group homes thinks, what's going on? You know, these guys don't read. What? What are they... And yet they knew this was something that their, kid, their guys didn't want to miss. This was something important to them. And so the scripture, you see, it's, there's more to it than, than, than just what's up here. What's most important is what's in here. There's the greatest commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Who are the models for us of that, right? We come to church, and it's mostly what we're we're filling our heads with things that are important. But who are the models for us of what love looks like? There. The surprising surprising models for us are all around us. Anima is one of our sign language choir ladies, and, and I've got a couple of pictures here. Anna, actually, you know, she, she, she was instrumental, I think, in her mom and dad becoming believers. They were not, they were not Christians. But Anna was going to church every Sunday. And fu- eventually, and, and, and they thought it, was, thought it was ridiculous. But eventually, they were baptized not long before they, they went to heaven. And I, I think Anna's example was a, a moment for them. There, there's our sign language ladies having a, a practice downstairs. There they are. <laughs> and normally, you see, when we go to visit churches, the sign language choir comes with us. But uh, it was going to be hard for me to get them all up <laughs> at, before 8 o'clock and, to get here uh, this morning. So keep going. Thank you. There they go. There's Nicholas and his mom. Yeah, and here's here's Douglas. And here he is serving communion. Right Next one. At camp. Oh, camps are another thing that... that, that began in the very early days, and they they became really huge. We would go several times, maybe three or four times a year, perhaps, to a weekend camp or a week-long camp. And that's how we kind of got to know Carol and Ron, I think, initially. That's Squamish camp, yeah. Good. Keep going. We are weak, but he is
2: strong. strong.
1: That's right. Praise Praise the Lord, Jim. Our worship is quite remarkable and joyful, and we sing a lot. We do sing a lot. Kevin, you should, you'd, you'd love it. This is another one of, my, one of my favorite stories, Jesus and the man born blind in John chapter 9. The disciples asked him, why was this guy born blind? Whose fault was it? Was it his parents? Was it something he did? You know, that's, that's kind of a, a typical question when bad things happen. Yeah. And Jesus' answer, keep going, one more. Oh, here, this is the NIV, and I think they do this really well. This happened so that the work of God could be displayed in his life. Right. Now, in that case, the work of God was his, his sight being restored. The work of God is going to be different in each of us. But here's a way of looking at the tough stuff that happens in our lives. There are opportunities there for the work of God to be seen. And, and, and again, if, we, if we're looking around us, we're going to see people who, who are astonishing in their faith. In spite of the disabilities and the, and the suffering and the challenges that they've had, someone who still is joyful <laughs> and, and can put all that aside, well, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. This happened so that the work of God could be seen in his life. That's one of my favorite verses. Look at our own lives. These things happen so that the work of God can be seen. That's one reason. Keep going. (laughs) There's the joy of the Lord. March for Jesus. How many of you guys were involved in the March for Jesus in the years before 2000? Those were awesome times, and I think we we participated in all of those. We began taking mission trips, and there was a picture at the beginning there. Because my dad was a missionary, that was always sort of an interest. And so, from from time to time, we would take teams to other parts of the world, where we knew that there were there were people who were trying to do what we were doing, missions fest or or, or yeah, missions fest is another one that we've been part of ever since the very first conference at uh, uh, the church in Burnaby. I can't remember. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now this next section here, there, there we are. Keep going, keep going. There at camp, one of our camps. Keep going, keep going. And skits. We love to do Drama drama helps to tell the story too and, and and if you participate in a skit you're much more likely to remember the story. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Pearson. Pearson hospital another another place oh. that's about one of the more unusual baptisms i've been part of <laughs> in the hospital pool and keep going i didn't bring Laurie-Anne... Laurie-Ann is one of our sweet ladies she hasn't been to church since covid started unfortunately she's scared about going out but when when before when she was born before she was born her mother and father prayed that their their daughter would be a missionary someday and then Lorianne was born with down syndrome and yeah, and know. and they attended a Mennonite church in vancouver and eventually they heard about joy fellowship and Lorianne becoming to began coming with to our, our our services and became a precious part of our Family, a, a great prayer warrior, and when Joy Gregory, my predecessor, was taking a team to visit Taiwan, <clears throat> uh, there was a big institution there that she was invited to come to speak at. Uh, she said to the to the pastor who was in charge of that that school or hospital or whatever, "I'm going to bring one of my handicapped friends with me." Says, "No, no, no, we don't. We're not interested." She said, I'm not coming unless I can bring one of my friends with me. <laughs> so they agreed that she could come along. And so there they were in these seminars, you know, instruction about special needs ministry um, for several hours each day. And Lorianne would sit in the back and she'd be drawing pictures. She's quite a good artist.
2: <laughs>
1: now, <laughs> what do you think that is? <laughs> Somebody's being raised from the dead. And there's the angels in their, in their joy. Lorianne was drawing these pictures. And so at the end of the day, Joy would say to Lorianne, show us a picture. And Lorianne would show the picture and she said, tell us about this picture. She said, well, this is a Hindu, uh, a, a Buddhist uh, temple and, and, and Jesus does not live there. This is a church. If you'd like to know about Jesus, why not go to church?" Here's a, here's, a, here's a girl with no one, no one had been to talk, allowed to talk about Jesus in, that, in those seminars, in spite of the fact that it was a church program, Lorianne was the missionary, and in that group there were some women who, whose hearts were touched, they came to Canada and interned with us for a year and went back to Taiwan, and so later on we, we took a team we took several teams to visit them these guys came to, uh, this is a trip to New Zealand I think, but keep going, keep going this is the team that, that Nicholas and Anna were part of that went to New Zealand, uh, and we went to a camp there, and then in, they had a couple of group members who, who, who wanted to be baptized. So, um, Nick and Eunice with, with his mom, and I told you about Nick's, uh, uh, I think we've got one of here, Nick, doing his studies, Bible studies, next one. There he is, yeah, at, at camp, right? You go to camp and you want to have fun. No, Nick's, Nick spends that time. Nothing's going to interfere with his, his devotional time. And so whatever's going on, Nick is going to be in a quiet place with his Bible and his prayer journal. <laughs> so we were invited to the home of this, this handicapped boy who wanted to be baptized. His mom was a kind of a uh, honcho in the local Buddhist temple. Pretty important lady. Uh, and she was kind of troubled about this fact of her, her son was going to be baptized as a Christian. So anyway, we went, we went to her home, and there she is seated on the right. Uh, and Jimmy is right beside me there, and then Nicholas and his mother are there as well. So he, we're, we're, we're talking uh, about Jesus to this, to this lady, this Buddhist lady. Uh, and Nicholas got his Bible and began to read. Now watch, next. Oh, there, look at her. Yeah, go back one there. See his mother? Whoa, she can't quite believe this. Nicholas is the, is the, is the Bible teacher. She comes around behind him. <laughs> the impact that this, this, this had on his, Jimmy's mom, you see, was, was quite profound. <laughs> And Jimmy's in, in back quite pleased the way this is all going. <laughs> and her friends were there from the, from the temple, from the, from the Buddhist temple. They, they were all there watching. So an opportunity for... And, and then we, went, we, 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 we had the, decided to do this baptism. And Jimmy's dad came along. And he wasn't a believer. He was, he was a skeptic. But he was sitting... I think that's, that's him maybe just beside Judy. The, the second fellow there with the gray shirt... And the white kind of collar—I think that's Jimmy. No, no, there he is in the back, in the back row. Oh, yeah. He's in the back. He's—he's—he's he's, he's not showing any. In, you know, he's just just an observer. But as we as we sort of talk about the, uh, there's, as we talk about and as we worship, as we as we begin to prepare for this baptism service, uh, his this father, his 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 demeanor changes. He was he was kind of closed at the beginning but he becomes (laughs) more and more animated and interested. Uh, Carry on, carry on, carry on, carry on. Again, Nicholas is is reading the scripture. Keep on going. We pray for Jimmy, and then we went outside, and they had a big bucket of water there where Jimmy was baptized. And there's a joyful moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are weak. But he is strong. And so this little ministry that started 49 years ago is having an impact. We're we're a local group. But it is a kind of a cross-cultural ministry. There are some differences that we need to learn about in order to be effective. And so um, this is one of my lovely favorite verses as we close. Brothers, think of what you were. When you were called, not many of you were wise, not many were influential, not many were of noble birth, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things, the despised things, so that none of you can boast. That's the way our God works. That's how we got to be part of this family. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Heavenly Father, we just bless you for your grace and your love and your open arms to the world. You, you, you love this world, this suffering, dark terribly mixed, mixed up world so much that you Holy. gave your only son Holy. so that whosoever believeth in you will not perish, perish but will have everlasting life. Perish. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: First of all. You
1: guys, I'm sorry to keep you standing up here all this time. <laughs> <laughs> And Carol, Carol wanted me to mention that we do have a camp coming up. <laughs> and, and a group of young people, you guys would be awesome if you could, if you, could change your life.